Buckus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I, mean, I didn't. I didn't hear that. So, like I said, I like to keep things simple. Uh, be the last one to find out. This way, it happens at my house. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it isn't. Uh, I love rivalry games for all the right reasons. If that's what they've decided to do, that's what they've decided to do. My opinion really doesn't matter. But I, I, I love rivalry games um, for all the reasons. People have a, a, a deep, a genuine uh, investment in their in their school and take incredible pride. And so, uh, what that does in those environments is is really cool. And and I, again, I'm a as I've said before, I'm a traditionalist at heart. So. I understand, you know, what the rivalries look like, whether it's a Sunflower State showdown or uh, that's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or uh, you can go down and list all the other ones that are out there. Um, but those are, are, are a great thing for, for college athletics. Yeah, to anyone that didn't hear the announcement, I guess is what it was, more of an acknowledgement from both athletic directors. The Bedlam series will not continue when the University of Oklahoma leaves the Big 12 Conference and goes to the Southeastern Conference. Um, You know, Joe Castiglione said that we've, you know, essentially – he said, quote, it sounded like, Oklahoma State has shown no interest to schedule any future games in football, so we're moving on, is what he said at the yeah. end of the story. Right. So, I mean, take that how you want to, but, you know, Josie has kind of maintained that from the beginning, that he would like to see the, the series continue, and Oklahoma State, for some unknown reason is basically thrown up their hands and is like, it's impossible. We can't even do it. Like what's going on. We can't play this. They don't want to play it anymore. And you have to sit there and be like, uh, hang on. We're right here. We are an hour away. We'd like the series to continue. We want to play you guys. There's plenty of in-state rivalries that are non-conference. We can do this thing. It's as easy as scheduling the games. And then Oklahoma State's like, oh, we can't do it. Well, they left, so we can't do it anymore. We're moving on. They're they're playing the victim card today is the most annoying thing about today. Because as Josie said, if they really wanted to play the game, then they would have found a way to play it. Maybe not in the first two years that OU's in the SEC, but they would have figured out a date. So whatever, it's fine. Like I don't blame OU at all for the move that they made going to the SEC. It's just... OSU fans want everyone to feel sorry for them and blame OU as OU is the reason why we're not going to play Bedlam anymore. That's not the case, man. This is not solely OU's fault as to why they're not going to play it anymore. In fact, it almost feels like it's more Oklahoma State's fault that they're not going to play it in the future. Because according to Joe Castiglione, they're trying to schedule it, and they didn't really work with them all that much to do it. So that I, I've had it with that crap today, playing the woe is me card. I, I think it is... Oklahoma State, and if I were at Oklahoma State as a coach or an athletic administrator, I would 100% not play the game either. Yeah, so, I mean, just say that. You don't have to sit back and blame OU for everything. I don't think I would 
I don't think I would act as if, um, you know, it's impossible to get done. And because of this horrible thing that the University of Oklahoma has done, like we can't even can't even schedule this thing. We're going to lose it. Like I wouldn't do that. I would just say, ah, you know what? After weighing all of our options, we don't think it's in our best interest. There you go. You know, we Easy think we're, we think we're going to win the Big Twelve. Uh, you know, we'll be in the fight to win it every single year. We want to make the playoff. And, you know, if you look at the history of the series, Oklahoma's been a big roadblock for this uh, athletic department, especially when it comes to football. So actually not playing this thing may be the greatest thing that's ever happened to our football program. Yeah, just say that because it's true. Yeah, that's it's it's accurate. It's not a surprise today. So whatever. I think most of us have moved on from it. Um, I wish that Nebraska, or I hope, I guess that Nebraska's more of a regular opponent on the schedule. Think about this, Teddy. I think Nebraska would bring more fans to Norman than Oklahoma State has in the past. So there, there's a win for Oklahoma, right? It'd be another fun road trip every other year. I'm interested to see how OU handles the non-conference scheduling moving forward. My guess is that you're going to play in a nine-game SEC schedule and then probably rotate one big non-con game a year with Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 yeah. schools. Would, would, that, that would be my guess. I don't, I don't think you'll have a regular rotating opponent in the, in the non-conference. Right. Um, it doesn't seem that way. I guess who knows what could emerge and – who knows what alliances or uh, pacts or treaties or whatever they are are going to emerge after the next round of realignment all gets set up. But uh, for the time being, I bet it is premier non-conference opponent uh, every year, at least every year that you can schedule it, and nine-game conference schedule, a couple of uh, – Rum dums in there to to hopefully tune yourself up for a tough conference slate. Which I guess, speaking of the SEC, they have their 2023 schedule release set for less than two hours, 6 p.m. tonight. Um, what? Yeah, their 2023 SEC football schedule release. I guess like their conference schedule uh, apparently is being released tonight on the uh, on the yes yeah 6 p.m. Central on the SEC Network. That would be a heck of a surprise, wouldn't it? Hey, Oklahoma, by the way, opening up with uh, Ole Miss in Norman. Wait, what? SEC teams. I thought they did that in the in the spring. SEC teams already know their conference foes for next year including their six divisional opponents, permanent crossover rival, and the rotating crossover opponent. I guess they just get maybe a date for all these games tonight, apparently. Here we go, baby. Here we go. That'd it's on. Who do you think we, yeah, who do you think we play first next year? Oh, I think your first SEC game will be Bama at home. Your second will be at Georgia. Your third will be at Florida. And your fourth will be Texas A&M. To, they're going to try to put together a murderer's rose schedule. Um, I think, I think, I think we host Tennessee. Um, I'll take that. as the first Southeastern Conference game. I love the next story, year, Ryan. second game of the season. 
I love the storyline that's there. Um, but uh, I don't know. The, the Georgia matchup just seems so fun, dude. And so if I can't have Georgia, Tennessee would be in, like, the next line to replace that game. Josh Heupel coming home, which could serve as a really cool moment. I'll, I'll take the balls, but more I, – I, I, I want a couple of things. A legit, like, name brand, like, Tennessee-Georgia team like that for the first SEC home game, and I want a collection of nice road games as well, which I guess, seeing as the conference you're about to leave, every single road game is going to be see, seen as awesome compared to these old ones. Now, what – do you think I'm crazy um, that I think Oklahoma's going to be in this announcement? Um, no, I, I mean, I just I really want to believe it. I, I do think it's interesting that they're releasing this tonight. We had the announcement about Bedlam today, and then we had the announcement about the other future SEC non-con game yeah. in a week's time. I'm like, telling you, buddy. There's been a, like, a little coming. bit of interesting smoke around here. I've been telling you for a while now, it's coming in 2023. Um, I just didn't know that the schedule release was tonight. Yep. Is is it always in the fall? Is that how they always do it? I thought it was later in the year, man. I, I, I was with you. I thought it was later on in the season or even like January or February. Because here's the thing. they Tyler, they wouldn't be talking about the permanent games and the six rotating uh, conference opponents, if OU and Texas were not included, they they could they they would have no reason to have that format. Um, the SEC will announce the 2023 football schedule tonight on the SEC network at 6 p.m. I guess the only thing is, uh, okay, maybe everyone already knows who they're going to play. I'm trying to. I think that that's what it is. Is everyone knows? Maybe this is just like non-conference too. I'm seeing some, like, non-conference hmm. games that are being posted, like LSU, Florida State's in Orlando, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina's in Charlotte. So I, I, I think it may be the entire schedule for each team. At least that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope OU's in it. If they are not – I still don't know what to make of it because I still think they're going to the SEC next year. Yeah, me too. We're kind of alone on so, that right now, um, but I'm, I'm still there with you. How are we alone on it? Uh, everyone just thinks, oh, no, I, it's going to be 2024 once they roll to the SEC. It's not going to happen this year, and I'm saying why. I mean, <laughs> why is it not going to happen? I I, I think that these kind of things that are moving here kind of show me that it's, you know, it's hurrying along. Well, yeah, the Big 12 starts their starts their additions next year, right? That is correct. Yes, with all the teams, not just uh, some, yeah. all of them. Yeah, so it, it just it makes all the sense in the world, especially, like you said, with all the different movement that's that's gone on, and it's not like – the Georgia announcement for Oklahoma just happened that day because they already had a replacement game scheduled for it. Um, I wonder if I wonder if we're going to be in some stupid uh, game one kickoff classic or something, you know, at a neutral site against an SEC opponent. Uh, God, let, let's let's hope not, please. 
Let's not throw yeah. that evil out there. We, we got enough to worry about this week, though. I, I mean, we'll see what happens tonight, but starting at about Wednesday, maybe Thursday, the alternate uniform uh, craze is going to start happening on the show. And you know how that is like 95% negative once that talk starts happening. And there's some scuttlebutt yeah. that the alternate uniforms are happening on Saturday. That's what you told me earlier. I don't know how much I buy into it, though. Your track record on um, on unis, alternate unis, has been one and zero. Really bad. I don't even know one and zero. I don't even know when I predicted alternate uniforms to be worn. So I'm not sure where you're you, even getting that number. You predict alternate uniforms to be worn five out of the twelve games every year. I think they're wearing them this week. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. that's what I heard. No, I don't think that's accurate, but. They're wearing the camo ones this year. Hey, like, come on. Let's go on that. Let's let's start talking about some camo uniforms. Don't no. tell me they wouldn't look better than the uh, bring the wood uniforms. Well, they would indeed, but uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea if they're wearing alternate uniforms or not. I haven't talked to anyone about it, but I don't want them to. This, it's going to be a night game. KSU, come on, man. This is a traditional football game, isn't it? Oh, it's as traditional as the Big 12 gets, man, for sure. Uh, text line's asking if the announcement is at 6 Eastern or – like what? It, it's 6 p.m. Central on the SEC network is what it is. So that's, that's where you can catch okay. it. That means 7 Eastern, right? That is correct, yes. Alabama yes. versus Nailed Texas it. is still on for next year. Ooh, yeah, that's – um. Bama going to deliver Texas something next year in Tuscaloosa after that game this season. You think? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think something bad might be happening. I, I don't think it'll be the same storyline in the game in Tuscaloosa that we saw in Austin a couple Saturdays ago. Just just a hunch there. All right. Who knows? Who knows what we're going to get? Um, it's a wide range of of possible outcomes but all of them end with a Texas defeat. Yeah, I don't know basically. what the score is going to be. Peyton says we uh, should get Wisconsin as a home and home. Would love to go to Madison. Yes, please. Yeah. I, I, I am all about taking a road trip to a college campus that I've never been to before. And I think Wisconsin, that was basically most people have never seen a game in Madison. I think that'd be awesome. As of right now, we are scheduled for uh, Temple and Tulane at home next year. Or, excuse me, Arkansas State, SMU at home next year at Tulsa. Then Temple and Tulane in 24, 25, Illinois State, and we host Michigan in 25, go to Michigan in 26. So, we do have a Big Ten foe coming up in a couple of years, but... Your next big road trip, yeah. I guess, will be your first SEC road game, right? Because yeah. I don't count Temple as, like, a big-time uh, road <laughs> road atmosphere. I mean, the trip might be fun for some people, but uh, I, I don't know. I, Lincoln Financial Field's not one of the better... Uh, it, I think they still play there, maybe, where the Eagles play, Temple. It's your, yeah. your, your next big road trip is your first SEC road trip. And we do need to start making plans, making reservations for that at Clemson game in 2035. Yes, so, exactly. 
Get your hotel rooms now. Well, seriously, get your hotel rooms now. It was a hard enough time finding a room in Lincoln, Nebraska, six months before the game starts. If you get right. in now on Clemson, you might be able to find a decent rate for that game. I, I go ahead and book it the now. Problem, the problem with Clemson is like they don't have an Omaha right next door. And as far as I know, that's a pretty small college town, right? Clemson is a very small college town, yes. So you do need to actually schedule your uh, – hotel right now for the 2035 game all right we got to hit a timeout quick break hanging out at scratch kitchen and cocktails downtown norman unbelievable stuff going on they've got a promotion they've got their new uh handcrafted scratch old-fashioned and it's ready made in a bottle now and you can pick it up uh at some of your local liquor stores and uh if you tag them on instagram Take a picture that you're tailgating with a, the, a bottle of, of scratch and um, bring by your receipt to the Norman location here and show the, the barkeep your post. They'll hand you a replacement bottle right then, right there. Really, really cool stuff. Love what they do here at Scratch. We'll be back. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Experts say it takes 10... Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush, live on The Ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Well, it sure looked like the handcuffs were off on Saturday against Nebraska. That offense was opened up, and uh, oh boy, it could have put up uh, probably 70 points on Saturday. Right. Um, they could have, which, you know, they were such nice hosts and the atmosphere was beautiful. We played well. They just fired their coach. Maybe the timing was not right to throw up 69 on them, but we owed them from a couple of games in the 90s. Right, ninety six and ninety seven. Yeah, was it seventy three twenty one and sixty nine to seven? They didn't show much mercy when you were at your lowest. Um, OU did show mercy when they were at their lowest on Saturday. So just let that be known. Yeah, and I still got f bombs from the students before and after the game. You gotta be kidding me! Huh? Huh? Well, I don't know. Are, are there? Have you heard any other rumors or anything on? what might be shaken for a head coaching hire? Is it, or are they just still yeah, throwing no, out um, Feldman, any and every possibility? Feldman put out three names today. Who was it? It's um, it's Lance Leipold. It is Bill O'Brien, which, oh God, I just, for the life of me, don't <laughs> yeah. understand Bill O'Brien. And the other one is Matt Campbell, or is the three. I, ten days into the coaching search, sources are telling The Athletic that those three are very high on the list. Bill O'Brien, uh, Matt Campbell, yeah. Lance Leipold. I, and, and look, man, you can sell me on Leipold and what he's done at KU. You can even sell me a little bit on Campbell. Like, Bill O'Brien, I, I just I don't understand it. I, I really don't get it. I think that's a lazy hire. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that. Man, can you imagine, after the Urban Meyer talk, after the Campbell talk and the um, – Mark Stoops talk and all these different names that everyone kept throwing around. 
if they go with Billy O'Brien, oh, I would absolutely well <laughs> hate that and love it at the same time. I mean, I just it, it would be somebody else, Teddy, that just says, "Oh, well, let's just go get the guy that is uh, the offensive quarter coordinator for Nick Saban right now." Which yeah, I, I think is the right. laziest possible way to go about your next head coaching search. This is too critical of a hire for Nebraska just to say, oh, well, let's just go get the guy that's been with Saban here recently. No, man, that's that's not what they need right now. They need someone who's going to get in the mud, man, and, and, and be ready to recruit and go develop a roster and, and do some things that have been done in Lincoln for quite some time. I'm sorry, I think Lance Leipold might be way more capable of that than Billy O'Brien is. Leipold would actually be a good hire. They are going to need. They're going to need to be a team that lives in the transfer transfer portal. Um, that's what he's done really well at Kansas so far, and you can do even better at Nebraska. Um, the NIL stuff, like someone that that can be crafty around the NIL. Right? There's there's some. They've got some stuff to work with at Nebraska. It it is. It is an easier job than it was two years ago, and it's more likely to bounce back than it was two years ago. Yeah. They just have to get it right, and, oh, Billy, 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 Billy. I don't know how good of a hire that would be. Maybe it would be great. Maybe he could get the third-teamers from Alabama to transfer over to Nebraska, even though the uh, Alabama players typically don't transfer. What, what's, the, uh, what's the saying, never challenge worse? Um, if walking out losing 49-14 didn't feel like rock bottom, then maybe the home loss to Georgia State did. Maybe the loss in Dublin and Northwestern did. I, I, I don't know, but rock bottom, I, I could tell you where Nebraska would hit it. It's if they have another terrible season, which they're going to have, they get all hyped up about Lance Leipold, and Leipold turns them down to stay at Kansas. That would be rock bottom for Nebraska aye, if they aye, can't aye, get aye, a head aye. coach away from KU. So d- never challenge worse, though it feels bad up there right now, I'm sure. Leipold just got a million-dollar raise like a month ago. Um, he's about to get an even bigger one. Uh, if he takes the job or even the fact that Nebraska's sniffing around and KU's, what, 3-0 and for the first time in almost 15 years – it's like, hey, uh, I know the ink hasn't even dried on that last extension, but, ah, you know, maybe we should talk again. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I That whole situation is – it's going to be fun to watch it unfold, and I'm actually rooting for Nebraska to bounce back. Um, I but. actually am, too. I, I definitely am. They deserve it. Um, all right, few texts here. Eric Crouch is the next Nebraska head coach, sources tell me. Uh, um, why not Deion Sanders at Nebraska? Bill O'Brien did right the ship at Penn State, and he's not currently a head coach. There's some logic to it, but agree that Leipold is a better choice. Um, did he right the ship at PSU? It was a pretty hostile, bad situation there. Um, I don't think that he won a conference championship there, right? But he at least got it, like, you know, back to being a complete, dis- you know, it-, it was a disaster when he took over, and he did, I guess, do some nice things. I'll look and see what his final overall record was there. Yeah, well, he was there, like, two years, and then he took the first thing smoking out of town, you know? Um, I Maybe they were good. He got the, I guess he got the Coach of the Year Award in 2012. 
Um, but I, what they they went eight and four, right? He eight huh, and four and know. okay, eight and four and seven and five. His two years at Penn State, he was fifteen and nine overall. So not as good of a final record as I I thought it was a little bit better than that. Finished second in the leaders and third. God, that was the legends and leaders era. I forgot about that. Second in the division and third in the division in his first two years. So yeah, which you know here's the deal. Uh, they also got a four-year postseason ban and loss of 40 scholarships over a four-year period. So um, that was pretty tough considering everything that was going on. Early week feel on Kansas State. I did that today, and I scared myself a little bit. Actually, I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Just looking at K-State's offense, they, they do have the ability to run the ball. And, and with multiple players, there's no doubt. But their, yeah. their leading receiver, man, is Malik Knowles. And through three games, he's got – Good ni- player. Ni- he is a good player. He's got 92 yards right now, and he's the leading receiver on 10 catches. So my early yeah. week feel, I came up with 35-14, and I said, whoa, okay, that was maybe a little bit different than what I would have had seven days ago. But that's where I'm sitting on Tuesday. Yeah, um, but they haven't – they haven't thrown it very much. They've only thrown it 60-something times. I think Adrian Martinez only has, let's see, he's 41 of 66 for 304 yards and one touchdown. So he's averaging like yeah. 101 yards through the air a, a game right now. And I guess Kleiman he came did. out and said that he's absolutely uh, their QB1, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that there was a lot of debate about that up there, but he came out and said that today. Well, he did not play good against Tulane he played bad against Tulane it was uncharacteristic of him he was sailing throws like like they weren't even close it was it's weird to watch that game he didn't he didn't throw the ball well he didn't run it like he usually did or usually does it was definitely uh, a horrible game for him but we know he'll play his best game of the season against us. So, uh, yeah, I would be shocked if – I don't even know who – who is their backup. Um, <laughs> hopefully it's not Will Howard's brother, right? If, if it was Will Howard, I would take OU to cover a 60-point spread. <laughs> Seriously. And they wouldn't even they, – they could take Dylan Gabriel out with eight minutes left. Is he their backup? No way. Are, are you serious? I don't know, I don't know oh if he's their gosh. backup, but he's still there. He's wow. a junior. Wow, yikes. Woo, boy. They've got, they've got two freshmen, Parker Cavanaugh and Adrian Lara, Lara and Jaron Lewis um, and Jake – Rubley, which I don't know any of those, like three of those guys are freshmen. The only upperclassmen are senior Martinez, junior Jaron Lewis, and junior Will Howard. So they don't have, as far as I know, they don't have another option. I I, I guess like why I feel good about this game is I I don't think OU is going to get pushed around like maybe they've had, maybe what's happened in years past. Will K-State have some drives where they control time of possession? Yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen. I just don't see Deuce running wild with what I've seen from this OUD line, really the front seven. But how well OU's played against the run, like they shut down Anthony Grant on Saturday. And Anthony Grant's a really good running back. I'm not trying to sell anyone that Nebraska's a 
top two offense that OU is going to face this year. But Anthony Grant might be one of the better running backs you see this year, and he did absolutely nothing. So I think right. OU can shut down Deuce Vaughn, and if they limit Deuce Vaughn, then they're in a real good shape to have another banner defensive day. Yeah. Uh, what is the – did we talk about the point spread? In this it, game? it was uh, OU minus seven last week, and it's OU minus thirteen. It opened up that on Sunday. I don't think it's moved whatsoever. I, I, I still think 13. it's OU as a thirteen point yeah. favorite. Thirteen point favorite over under is fifty three points. Hmm. Does does KSU get into the twenties in this football game? I well, I mean, judging by my final score, I say no. I had OU thirty five fourteen. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to. Yeah, they've played an easy schedule. Um, South Dakota, Missouri's not very good, and then they lost to Tulane. Only put up ten points of offense against Tulane. Man, I, I think we, I think we got a pretty good chance at locking K State up pretty tight now. The, the question is, can we contain Deuce Vaughn whenever he gets out in the open and, and makes some, like they'll give him the ball and some of those easy little throw and catches and just see what he can do? Like, can we can we hang on to our, our butts for a little bit on some of those plays and, and drag him to the ground without giving up yes, something huge? Yes, that's my expectation that, now. After three games, I've seen the yeah. growth of this defense. My expectation is that they hold Kansas State to 14 points on Saturday. It's a, it's a yeah. new range of emotions for me and everyone else. But I, Kansas State's a good football team. Bob Stoops said it earlier. They're going to beat some teams. There ain't no doubt about that. But I like my expectations. Defense going to play well again for the fourth consecutive game. You're telling me it's a new era? Yes. Yeah. In Oklahoma? They're just different defensively now. We're going to see it again. Fantastic. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up here from Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Remember, they do have the old-fashioned now – uh, ready-made in a bottle. You can pick it up at the local liquor stores, and they've got a great thing going throughout the weekend. If you tailgate with a bottle of scratch, all you got to do is tag them in a uh, Instagram post, hashtag old-fashioned, and um, show the post. Bring the picture here into the bar and the receipt of where you bought it, and they'll give you a fresh uh, bottle right here as a, as a little makeup to get your stock back in order. Uh, you just got to show that you... It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. First, quick shout-out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, runs the biz over there, does an outstanding job, and uh, can handle any of your roofing needs. Okay, I've just got one here as we're uh, a little bit limited on time, and I thought it was hilarious. So... We heard the audio of Coach Shane Beamer the other day at the press conference um, <laughs> when asked if there if he sees any quit in the team. Hell um, no. What kind of question is that, <laughs> Phil? Got a bunch of fighters in that, that locker room. <laughs> <laughs> sound like him? That sound like him a little uh, bit? Yeah. I've been practicing, you know? Oh, uh, so good. Well, I didn't know this. Apparently during the game, they had they were going for it on fourth down. They were down near the goal line. I think it was a fourth and goal or it was a fourth and nine somewhere on the field. And 
they were told before the timeout to have your play. You have to you have to have your team out ready to play on the whistle for the snap whenever we come out of timeout. Okay, so they do that. Well, <laughs> they are celebrating in the end zone all 275 female athletes at South Carolina. They're in the end zone, and it's a celebration for the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So <laughs> they, they get out there on the ball, and it's fourth and nine, so Georgia has a chance to see what they're in. Yep for a while before they react, before they're able to snap it, and the referees are holding them up to snap it because all of the female athletes are still in the end zone. And I guess Coach Beamer starts going crazy, telling them to get, get off, off the, the field. field. Yeah, the camera captured it, and they're just like in the corner of the end zone. Um, he's yelling, get off the field! And, you know, they're like looking at him. It, it was it, it was a mess, and... Yeah, they were down 14. I mean, they got hammered on Saturday, like, what, 48-7, something like that. But they yeah. were down 14 nothing at the time, and he apologized for it after the game, saying, I support Title IX. I've got two daughters, you know, that play sports. Of course I support that. But, yeah, he had to apologize. He was just like, well, dang, we had maybe a chance there to get back in the game, and that slowed things down and hurt us. But regardless, it wasn't the best look for him. But, yeah, but here's the thing. He should not have to apologize for that. You know, it's just so dumb that someone said, oh, they got him saying get off the field to the to the Title IX celebration. God forbid he wants to try and get a fourth down play with a critical moment in the game off before the best defense in the history of the sport has a chance to sit there and stare at the formation for 45 it. seconds. Should have just ran it, man. Maybe you get a P.I. call in the end zone on the uh, <laughs> 50 people that are there in the corner. Why not? Run through like the Stanford band play, uh, <laughs> yeah. go through the Cal band, yeah. uh, knock some of the, uh, the female athletes. But you know what I'm saying? It's like it, no one cares. Everyone understands the situation that, like, what's going on. Like, he's, he's locked into the game. He's not in tune with what celebration is happening down in the end zone. It's not like, you know, he's up to speed on all of the in-stadium, you know, uh, entertainment during the game. He's just trying to play a football game against Georgia. But it's the gotcha moment where every journalist in the country wants to try and get a quote from him or try and pin him down as uh, uh, someone who hates female sports because he was telling them to get off the field so they could run their fourth and nine play. Yeah. So dumb. Uh, all right, I got a few here. First, uh, Texas Tech has announced a sellout for Saturday against Texas at home. It's Tech's first sellout since 2018 at the Jones. So they're going to pack you that bad it? boy in. Am I buying that they actually sold the place out? Yeah. Um, yes, I'm not buying that it'll be a sellout by the first quarter when all the students leave. And that's not because yeah. Texas will have a big lead. It's just because that's how Tech students operate. You think they have a chance to win that football <laughs> game? Better than a chance. I, I'm, I'm probably going to pick them to win that football game in Lubbock. Are you picking every single team that plays Texas this year and every single team that plays USC to win against yes, them? Yes. And and I, at my, some point you're going to hit? My odds are I've only won one thus far, and I did not <laughs> guess the final score correctly of Alabama-Texas, but – I'm going to hit on it at some point. I'm going to hit on it at yeah. some point. Uh, Quinn Ewers, Good I guess he, he's back at practice, and 
I guess the Austin American Statesman, um, they were on the field Saturday at UTSA, and I guess they reported that they think he's going to be back sooner rather than later, or sooner than anticipated. Yeah, well, you don't need to listen to the uh, Austin American Statesman. I pointed that fact out on game day whenever they diagnosed him with an SC sprain. Wow, I've deal. had the same injury. It's way more stable than the S- the AC joint. I said at the time that he would be back quicker than the four to six that they were predicting. Well, look at you. Just wanted to give it up to myself there. Yeah. Um, so I am headline reading here. I haven't had a chance to get in all to nice. all the minutia of this story, but the headline says it all. The United States could face another beer shortage after an extinct Missouri volcano has contaminated the country's largest CO2 reserve. That's a lot to take in. Oh, I understand that. Wow. But a beer potential of a beer shortage is what you should be concerned with. I thought you were going to say we're facing a uh, another beer shortage since LSU had two back-to-back home games. Uh, yeah, or they drank Nashville dry like they did a couple of years ago when they played Vanderbilt, seriously. Right, right. Which, that reminds me, though, um, the LSU game Saturday, did you watch that game? Yeah, um, I see, and I was even watching where it looked like Mississippi, Mississippi State had a lead and they were looking really good, and then it just collapsed in the second half. Well, I'll just tell you right now, they showed a couple of uh, you had to be you had to be looking for it. Uh, it had to be like an on-field close-up, like where someone was close to like one of the guys using the cameras on the field. That stadium was half empty, upper deck. Completely empty for that game. Yeah, that that didn't. I mean, I, they're really already upset right now with the whole way this whole Brian Kelly tenure has gone, and that's just after one loss. That's not all that surprising. Uh, last one yep. I have, and it's not ever a good situation when uh, the AD has to come out and issue an apology for how bad the football team has been playing after three games. <laughs> but that's what Colorado's AD did uh, this past Sunday. After a 38-13 home loss to TCU, a 41-10 road loss to Air Force, and then a 49-7 road loss at Minnesota on Saturday, apparently Carl Durrell's um, buyout CU like really, really screwed up on that. Uh, but the AD is saying, hey, I hope you'll still support us. We're really sorry. I know we stink, but this is kind of the situation that we're in. Colorado plays UCLA at home on Saturday, and they're a 21-and-a-half-point dog on their home field to, to, to uh, UCLA. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I know they got housed by Air Force, and it's funny. Air Force is, like, one of the top offenses in the country right now, and it's good, all man. running. Yeah, they, they're, they're rushing the ball for 400 yards a game right now. <laughs> They actually uh, have a decent little squad right now. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number two next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers are bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Let's see how many texts we can get through before we hit the top of the hour. Serious question, who's the best team in the state of Kansas? It is a good question. You still saying K-State's the best team in the state of Kansas? Yes. Um, what do they call that game? The Sunflower Showdown. 
Sunflower Showdown. When is the last time the University of Kansas won the Sunshine Showdown? Um, <laughs> when Mark Mangino was coaching, maybe. It's been. I feel like it's been a while since that's happened. I I will currently roll with Kansas State to win that football game, but we'll watch and see how this thing develops. KU's got a really good quarterback, good running back, a couple of nice uh, players at wide receiver, a uh, couple of nice players on defense. I don't think they're as good as KSU right now on the line of scrimmage or, or really close, frankly, but, man, they do some stuff with that offense. It's essentially triple option uh, for anyone that hasn't watched it. Uh, pistol, they, like, fake the, the dive with the guy out of the, um, out of the dot, and then... He, the quarterback will keep it or throw the bubble out on the perimeter, and it's tough to contend with, man. They ran up and down the field on Houston. Right. Uh, okay, score 38-17 OU. Our defense will shut down the run and make Martinez throw. Deuce Vaughn averaging 117 a game. If OU's D is legit, he won't get to 100 on Saturday. Okay. This one Woo! says OU can shut down Deuce Vaughn. I also think OU can shut down Deuce Bigelow, Mill Gigolo. Yeah. Um, tough on the latter, even more difficult on the former. Uh, Deuce is – he's good. He's tough. We've had a hard time with him at, uh, at times, but we'll have a really yeah. good game plan. De- Deuce the Bigelow. The best part about it. Deuce Bigelow, uh, loyal listener of the show, by the way, Rob Schneider. We have confirmed he's listened a couple times. So right. Shout out, Rob. What's up, Rob? Appreciate it, Rob. Always listening on the app back in the state of California. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush is next.